Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. I want to talk to you and close off this series today about responding to God's voice. Everybody say responding to God's voice. You see, in the first week of NSYNC, we established that God still speaks to us. How many of you guys were here for that? Two weeks ago, we spoke and we established and we went through the word that God didn't just speak back then. God doesn't just speak through the Bible. He didn't just, you know, tell all these prophets to write down and inspire them to write the Bible. And then the Bible was closed and he stopped speaking. No, he continues to speak. We established that on the first week. Then last week, we spoke about a few common ways that God speaks. How many of you remember what were those three ways? Okay, through worship. That was one of them. What else? Through relationship. And then the most common one of all? Through the word. Awesome. Jojo, you were on point. I like that. I like that. So this third and final week, I want to share a little bit about the importance of responding to his voice. You see, we can't treat God's voice like any other voice. I wrote down something here that, you know, you should save in your hard drive, in your internal drive. You can tell how important a person is to you by how you respond to them. If your parents tell you to do something and you can care less, you don't really honor them. You're not valuing them. But when you respond to a person, when you really look up to a person, when you value a person's word, when that person is very important to you, you respond to that person. And when God speaks, it demands attention. How many say amen? When God speaks, it's not like when a friend speaks. As a pastor, I'm outside and I'm talking to somebody and somebody comes and calls my name. I'm the type of person that I love to give a person my undivided attention. So when I'm distracted, even even though I know the person's calling my name or I know the person's waiting there and tapping their foot and saying, okay, pastor, I got to tell you this. You know, I'm focused because, you know, I think that that person deserves attention, right? I'm trying to honor that person's time. And whatever the case may be, whether they need prayer or whatever. So when you take time and you give that person your undivided attention, you're showing that you really consider that person important. By responding quickly and not procrastinating, we are valuing his words. I heard a story about a person. uh, It was a friend a while ago. And he heard the voice of God speak to his heart. It was an impression. It wasn't uh, an audible voice. But he heard God tell him, Go and speak to the person. The situation was that, you know, he had just gotten a flat on his tire. He was on his way to work, and he got a flat right on one of his tires. He pulled up, and right as he was pulling up, getting ready to leave the car in the station so they could fix his tire, he saw somebody in the corner, and the Holy Spirit put a strong impression and told him, go speak to them. And he started struggling with God like we do sometimes. And he started saying, God, but I, I... but I just got a flat. I mean, I need to change this. I need to get to work. I'm late. And God's response was, he gave a strong impression to his heart and he told him, yeah, I know you have a flat. I put that nail on the road so that you could connect with that person because that person needs to hear of me. And sometimes we don't realize why God sometimes calls us and tells us to do things that we don't understand. Sometimes we want to play God and we want to ask God why he's asking us to do the things that he's asking us to do when God is God. He doesn't have to give you an explanation. We have to respond to his voice, right? And and that's our job as people of God. And when you start living in that atmosphere where you don't have to know it all, 
where you don't have to have a reason for everything and, and that you're moved by the Holy Spirit, God's sometimes going to call you to do crazy things. But when you know to discern God's voice and you respond to God's voice, then supernatural things are going to start to follow. Amen? Like we've been hearing, that's amazing testimony that Valerie shared, every single one, Amanda, too, provision of God. I mean, she had a situation and God just multiplied. You're getting paid more than double. God spoke to her through the situation and he didn't even have to say a word. He just made himself great. 2 Timothy 4.2 says this. And I'm just going to read the first part of the verse. It says, preach the word. Everybody say, preach the word. And it says, be ready in season and out of season. So God tells us that, man, we got to be ready to listen to the voice of God and respond to it in season and out of season. What does that mean? It's going to be convenient sometimes. And sometimes what? It's not going to be too convenient. The question is, are you going to be willing to tell God, here I am, whenever he calls? And that's so important because God speaks, but if we stop responding to the voice of God, God will stop speaking. Whenever we hear God's voice, we must act on it in humility, faith, and obedience. If you want to jot those things down, this is very important. Whenever we hear God's voice, we must act on it in, number one, humility, faith, and obedience. You can't react in pride like saying, oh, God spoke to me. Oh, I must be better than him. No, it doesn't work that way. Humility. Man, I am humbled that God spoke to me. And you know what? I value God's word, so I'm going to pursue this. Whatever God told me to do, I'm going to be obedient, and I'm going to go ahead and carry out whatever God's calling me to do. We have to react in faith and also in obedience. And I want to be able to bring to remembrance a parable that we all are very familiar with. How many of you guys have ever heard about the parable of the talents? Raise your hand if you ever heard of it right? We've talked about it so many times. The Bible teaches about the principle of stewardship. And stewardship, basically, for those that don't know, is it means managing well somebody else's property or resources. So if I'm a steward of something, I'm managing somebody else's stuff, somebody else's money, somebody else's estate, somebody else's goods, whatever the case may be. And God calls us in the Bible to be good stewards. You see, God never says that we're owners of anything. As a matter of fact, I wrote a verse here. See, I remember. 1 Corinthians 3.23 clearly states, you are Christ. So look at the person closest to you and tell them, you don't belong to you. You're not the owner of you. You belong to Christ. So check this out. If I'm not even the owner of myself, much less am I the owner of my wife, much less am I the owner even of my house. You know what? We love to... Be possessive, and we love to say, oh, my house, my yacht, my this, my, right? And we, we compete to see who has more toys. But in the end, one day you're going to pass away, and guess what? That title's going to pass on to somebody else. And maybe that person's going to sell it off and blow all your money. In reality, all we are in life are stewards. Now, when we talk about this, the principle of stewardship, and we talk about the parable of the talents, we usually think of this parable with respect to preaching the word, right? multiplying talents and not hiding it, but, you know, preaching and being open for Christ. We also sometimes relate it with respect to the talents and the gifts and the skills that we've been given by God to play an instrument or to sing. But I want to challenge you to be able to apply this parable with respect to hearing God's voice, being a good steward with the words that God speaks to you. In Mark chapter 4, 
verse 24, it says this. I'm going to read off the New Living Translation because it's a little bit more clear. It says, then Jesus added, pay close attention to what you hear. I'm going to repeat it because we're talking about listening to God's voice right in this series. Jesus says, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. How many of you guys want God to give you understanding? We've talked a little bit about this, that when it's talking about knowledge and understanding, most of the time in the Bible, about 90%, it's not talking about understanding that you could get from books or you can get from a teacher. It's talking about revelation from God. The more careful we are to listen to God's voice, to take time to pray and say, God, speak to me. And we're not in a rush to get up and continue on what we're doing, but we take time. We give God the time that he deserves so that he could speak to us. Then what's going to happen? It tells us here, Jesus says, the closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. You know what? A lot of the things that we want in our lives, a lot of the things that are breakthroughs that you're expecting but that still haven't come, you're only understanding away. Let me explain. The only thing that you need in order to get to that breakthrough that you're really desiring or to get to that season or that position or that thing that you've been asking God for or that dream that God has put in your heart but you still haven't achieved it, the only thing between you and that is understanding. Sometimes we're so busy trying to reach the dream and reach all these things in our own powers. And God says, hey, wait, 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 wait. If you listen clearly to my voice, if you take time to stop and listen to me, don't just pray and give me the list of all the things you need. Stop because I want to communicate with you. This is not a monologue. This is a dialogue. I want to talk to you. And if you take some time to listen to me, you're going to see how I'm going to give you understanding for that breakthrough that you need. But sometimes we don't take time to do that and we try to do things in our own ways and that's when we get frustrated. If we're faithful with God's words, he will continue to speak to us. If we're not faithful with the words he gives us, why should he give us more? So I want to use the rest of my time tonight, now that we're starting to carefully listen to God's voice, to give you four ways that we can be good stewards of God's voice, all right? And if you guys, you guys want to jot this down, I have four points. The first one is we are careful stewards of God's voice when we truly listen to him. And this may seem very simple, a very simple concept, but it's easier said than done. We are careful stewards of God's voice when we truly listen to him. You see, we live in a time when there are so many words all around us. Just stop and think about what this world was like about 100 years ago, 150 years ago. No TV, no radio station, no social media, no smartphones, no internet, no nothing. Communication was based with the people that were right in front of you. There was more communication with your parents because, you know, you come from work or whatever the case may be. You sit down, you would share a meal, you would talk. There was no TV to watch. There was no Snapchat and who snapped and who did this. No, it was just you sharing with people. And nowadays, I mean, there's just so much communication, but so less connection. We have radio, we have TV, we have smartphone, we have so many words fighting for our attention. We tend to listen to these things so quickly, and it's difficult to discern what truly is important and worth listening to. 
Sometimes we don't even realize it. But we could be in church and we could just pull up our Bible app and we realize when we open our phone that we have like five text messages. And you know what? You're dying to check who texted you. Or you're dying to check what that email was. And you know what? You just get disconnected and you don't realize that God wants to be speaking. He brought you here because he wants to speak to you. So it's so important to, when God speaks to you to carefully listen to what he's trying to tell you. Last week, we spoke about the three common ways that God speaks to us through the Bible, through worship, and through relationship with him. Today, I want to give you quickly 10 ways that God spoke in the Bible to people like you and me. So if you want to jot them down, you can. Number one, God speaks through circumstances. Everybody say circumstances. Somebody just testified about a situation. God didn't speak to her. God didn't say, oh, I'm going to double your pay, Amanda. No, God just showed his glory, didn't say a word, but through the situation, God responded to her faith. God spoke through the situation, through the circumstance. God can speak through wise counsel. If you read Proverbs, there's so much wisdom. God speaks through wise counsel. God can speak through peace. Valerie shared a little bit about that, right? If you want to jot this down, Colossians 3.15 talks about this. His peace rules in our hearts. It talks about ruling. Rule doesn't just mean that the peace of God exists in our heart. It means that it reigns in our lives. Ruling is when peace reigns. So it reigns over our feelings. It reigns over our situations. Doesn't mean that we got it all together. But the peace of God reigns above all those situations. So God speaks through peace as well. God speaks through people. Bring wise and godly people into your life and watch God speak to you through them. God can speak through dreams and vision. We see the case in the Bible of Joseph, Solomon. We see Jacob, Peter, John, a whole bunch of other people that God spoke to them through dreams and through visions. God can speak through our thoughts as well. I love this verse. Amos chapter 4 verse 13 says, For the Lord is the one who shaped the mountains. He stirs up the winds and reveals his thoughts to mankind. So God can speak to your thoughts. You know, sometimes you could be walking around just because God didn't speak in your ear and you didn't hear it audibly doesn't mean, you know, that it wasn't God. Sometimes God speaks and puts a thought in your mind. I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but you're praying and all of a sudden in your moment of prayer there with God, he brings somebody into your mind. Has that ever happened to you? To pray for that person. That was God. There's a reason you might not know it, and you don't need to know it. Just pray for the person. Intercede, because God knows what he's doing. He speaks to us through our thoughts, too. God can speak through natural manifestations, such as nature, trees, mountains, water, meadows. God can also speak through supernatural manifestations. How many of you guys remember the burning bush with Moses? The bright light that Saul encountered when he was, you know, going to kill Christians and it knocked them out of his animal and, and he was like, who are you? It was Jesus, right? It was a supernatural manifestation. Even a donkey spoke to a prophet once. He was so blinded by greed and God used the donkey. This is not Peter Pan, all right? This is the Bible. This happened for real. God used the donkey to speak to a man. God can speak through the Bible. God can even speak through a whisper. First Kings 19, 12. It says that God speaks with a still, small voice. How many say amen to that? Go with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 7, verse 13. I'm going to make you work a little now. In Jeremiah, chapter 7, we see a warning that was held out by the prophet to the people. And the warning consisted of this. 
while you were doing these wicked things, says the Lord, I spoke to you about it repeatedly, but you would not listen. Everybody see that? It says, while you were doing these wicked things, and it's talking about the people as a whole, the people of Israel, they were up to no good. They were doing a lot of wicked things, things that God wasn't pleased with. And while you were doing these wicked things, says the Lord, I spoke to you about it repeatedly. What does repeatedly mean? Time after time after time and after time. You know, sometimes we're doing things, and at first we may not think it's bad, but God speaks to us. He puts an impression, a strong impression in our hearts, and we say, man, you know, this doesn't, I don't know, but this doesn't sound right. You know, I went to Taco Bell, and it was $7. I paid with a $20 bill, and they gave me $53 back. Uh, I think that something's wrong here. Yeah, you're right. And the Holy Spirit puts an impression and say, you know what, that's probably going to come out of that person that was serving you's paycheck. So you should go and tell the person that they made a mistake instead of praising God because God just multiplied your change, right? And little things like that, sometimes, you know, this is just a, an everyday example, but sometimes God tugs at our heart and he challenges us with things that we're doing wrong or with things that are really hurting our relationship with him because he wants to take you to the next level. But that sin is keeping you. It, there's just like a roadblock and God says, look, take care of this. And sometimes God says it repeatedly, repeatedly. And that's what happened with the people of Israel here. He kept, he kept on saying it. The issue with them is that they would not listen. He says, I called out to you, but you refused to answer. God was telling the Israelites that they were doing wicked things. And he kept speaking to them repeatedly, but they did not listen. It's so important to listen to the word of God. It's so important to respond when God speaks to you. God is calling us to be people that are sensitive to the voice of the Spirit. God wants us to walk in a way where, you know, we could make mistakes. But the minute we realize that it's a mistake, that we repent and we say, God, I never want to do this. The last thing I want to do is hurt you. God wants us to be in our relationship, such a close relationship to God that everything we do is to please Him. These people were up to no good. They were doing a bunch of things. God kept telling them and telling them, and it was like nothing to them. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In order to reach your full potential in Christ and to see all the things that God has prepared for your life, the destiny that God has for you, the plans that God has for you, you're going to need to have a great faith. But if you don't take time to hear God's voice, you can't build up your faith because faith comes through what? Every time I come to the house of God and I sit down and I'm not just listening, I'm hearing, I'm intaking everything that's being spoken, I'm applying it to my life, I'm analyzing myself how I'm doing with whatever is being spoken, and I'm challenging myself to improve in that area. Man, every time you come to church, God's going to be speaking to you about something that you can improve. And the more you hear about God, the more your faith increases. That's why it's so important to come to church. You know, some people pick weeks to say, oh, you know, I'm going to come this Sunday. I'm not going to come this Sunday. You know what? God separated the Sabbath so that you could dedicate the Sabbath to him. That's God's day. Don't touch God's day. If you want me to give you a good advice, don't miss a Sunday because that's that's the time when we come after a whole week of working and doing what we do to honor God and say, God, thank you 
for providing for me, for keeping me in good health. I come to honor you. Even if they offer you a part-time, if they offer you more money, it's going to be better with you honoring God than taking somebody else's money or then doing a job instead of coming to church. Start honoring God, right? And the Bible says that God created the heavens and earth in six days, and him being God Almighty, he took the seventh day to rest. So do you think you're greater than God? You have to work the seventh day? When we do things God's way, he starts blessing us. When we respond to God's voice and we come here earnestly, wanting to know what God wants to speak to our lives, then God's going to engage with you. God's going to challenge you. You're going to grow week by week, week by week, and that growth is going to transfer into faith, and faith is going to transfer into manifested destiny. How many say amen to that? Come on, give God a round of applause. If you look at every person of great faith, you're going to see that that's a person of great hearing who knows how to listen to the Word of God. People don't just have great faith just out of nowhere. Oh, you know, God just gave him more faith than other people. No, it doesn't work that way. Whenever you see a person of great faith, that's a person that's a great listener of God's voice and a person that applies God's Word. Number two, we are careful stewards of God's voice when we respond in humility. If we hear God's voice, but then we don't respond, we're not being good stewards of God's voice. The parable of the sower, it says that some seeds landed on four different types of soil. And I'll go by this really quick. We don't have time to get into and read the whole parable. If you want to read it at home, it's Luke chapter 8, verse 4 through 15. Feel free to read it tonight. But just to sum it up, the four different soils, it says that some seeds fell by the wayside and was tramped underfoot and devoured by birds. Some fell on rocky soil and soon sprang up, but they ended up withering because it lacked moisture. Some seeds fell among the thorns, and once it sprang up, the thorns choked them. Some seeds, they fell on good ground and yielded a crop of a hundredfold. So what I mean to ask you by this is, what kind of ground are you? What kind of soil are you? Do you have thorns? Are you rocky? Are you parched and lacking spiritual nutrients? Or are you a receptive soil where everything that's planted in you multiplies and grows and expands? Luke 8, 18 gives us a warning. I'm going to give you a chance to turn with me. This is a verse worth highlighting or marking. Therefore, take heed. Take heed means be careful. Take heed how you hear. Tell the person next to you, you got to be careful how you hear. See, it's not just about hearing, it's how you hear. You can hear carefully. You can hear indifferently. And it's saying here, take heed, be careful how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. So we need to make sure we are humble when we receive the word of God. When we receive the word of God, we need to let it penetrate into our hearts and be humble. Sometimes, you know what we do? We come to church, God's speaking to us through a service. He's speaking to us in many ways. And we sit down and you know what we're doing? We're like, hmm, I wish so-and-so would have come today to church because that word was for him. My gosh, he would have been the first person up in the altar call, you know, probably would have had five or six demons come out of him tonight. 
because that person really needed this word. And we don't take time to analyze ourselves. We're too busy judging other people, right? We're too busy trying to remove the little bitty piece in the eye of our neighbor when we don't realize we have a huge plank in our eye. We need to come and listen to God's voice. Man, sometimes this is something we, we struggle when you've been in church for a long time because just almost by default, you sit down and you say, oh, I've heard that. Oh, I've heard about that. I've heard that preaching before. I've, heard, I've seen that parable. I've heard about this. And it's like you know it all. And what is that? That's pride. But if you want to be good steward of the voice of God, you have to respond with what? We're talking about point number two, humility. Humility, say, God, I must have heard this a thousand times, but if you're telling me a a thousand one times, maybe it's because I need to do something about this. And maybe there's a point that you need to drive home or maybe I need to improve in this area. So we need, everybody say, we need to respond to God's word in humility. And that verse, by the way, that we just read is the end of the parable of the sower. Take heed, be careful how you hear. It's all about hearing. James 4, 6, and 7 says, but he, talking about God, capital H, he gives more grace. Everybody say, he gives more grace. Tell the person next to you, the grace that you have today is not enough for tomorrow. Tell them, you need more grace. The good news is that he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So you know what? If you, if you come to the house with a prideful attitude, if you come to church with a prideful attitude, you, say, you think you know it all. You think you're there. You think you've heard it all. You know what happens? You don't get the fruit of whatever God's trying to do with that message and that seed. It's like you have something blocking that seed from springing out and bringing about what God wants to bring in your life through that. God resists the pout, but he gives grace, new grace. Amen? He gives more grace to those who are humble. I want to live every day of my life understanding that I'm totally dependent on God. I don't know about you. The older I get and now that I'm getting closer to my 40s, you think that you'd get more mature and you think you know more. The more dependent I feel of God. The more I feel that if God is not with me, I can't do anything. And I think that should be present in every single one of our lives. We need God in our relationships, in our, in our callings, in our HOBs, right? In everything we do, in our service to God, we need to do it with humility of heart. Praise God. If we respond to God's calling with pride and without humility, it's going to be more difficult to see the people we pray for find freedom. Because you're going to try to do it in your own power, but you never were called to set people free without the power of God. You were called to set the people free through the power of God. And it's going to be much more difficult to lead a small group. It's going to be that much difficult to teach a Sunday school class or engage people in true, genuine worship with God. Why? Because it all springs out out of a humble heart. Point number three. I want to start wrapping this up. We are careful stewards of God's voice when we pay attention to his words. How many of you guys remember the story of Jonah? He was a prophet of God. He was a a man that would listen to God's voice audibly speak to him. And this is a classic case of disobedience here. Jonah heard from the Lord, but what did he do? He ran the other way. God told him, go north, and he took a cruise and went south. Totally the opposite way of where God was calling him to. God caused a storm, and as you guys know, Jonah got thrown overboard from that boat that he was in. He got swallowed by a huge fish. It's like a storybook play. 
And in the belly of the fish, Jonah, he reacts and he repents. And from that belly of the fish, he cries out to God. If you get me out of this one, I'll go to Nineveh and I'll do what you're telling me to do. And this is the case of, like we spoke before, God speaking through circumstance. Amen? How many can say with me? Raise your right hand and say, God speaks through circumstances. I wrote something here because I believe that God wanted me to share this. I don't know who it may be for. But I wonder if there's anyone in this room that God has spoken to and you delayed your obedience or you just disobeyed. You know, sometimes we think that just because we delayed obedience, we're okay. But delayed obedience is the same thing as disobedience. And maybe there's, there's certain situations that you're stuck in right now because of your delayed disobedience and because you weren't diligent when God spoke to you. And you might find yourself in the same boat as Jonah, easily criticizing this guy, saying, man, this guy, God himself spoke to him and he didn't even answer the call. And sometimes we don't realize that we're in the same boat. That God called us to preach the gospel to people and say, God, yeah, but I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Delayed obedience. And sometimes situations happen. And God brings about the situations to speak to us through the situations and speak to us through the circumstances so that we could turn our eyes to God and say, God, help me out. I'm sorry if I didn't answer to your voice I will go to Nineveh now. I will do what you called me to do. And that's exactly what happened to him. Maybe the circumstance you're in is God trying to get you to focus on what he spoke to you yesterday or what he's been telling you for a long time. I heard somebody compare the process of how God speaks to us with surfing. Anybody into surfing here? I know we don't got many waves here in South Florida, but I, th I thought it was pretty cool. He said the process of us being obedient to God can be compared to a surfer learning to catch a wave. The power of the ocean is like the Holy Spirit in our lives. When a surfer paddles out to sea, the power of the wave actually does the main work in bringing him to shore again. Yet the surfer must align himself with the power of the ocean. He must position his board so he can catch the power of the waves. He must paddle with the power of the ocean, not against it, if he wants to ride successfully to land. And this is true of God in us. The Holy Spirit ultimately makes us holy. His work and power ultimately transforms our lives. Our job is to continually align ourselves with him and yield ourselves in humility to his work and power. How many say amen to that? All these three points that we just talked about are us-focused. They're things that we have to do. They're things that have to do with us being more humble, us listen carefully, to God's voice, but I want to share with you, and I want to wrap this up with this last point about being faithful stewards of God's voice. And it's the greatest point of all because, you see, it's not us-focused. It's God-focused. We bless God when we are faithful servants or faithful stewards. We talk so much in church, and I'm sure you could agree with me, about God blessing us. Sometimes we even come with the wrong motivation, and and we come because we need to get God to bless us. I mean, most of us came to church for the first time with that motivation. We were going through situations that we couldn't resolve. We needed the power of God over our lives. We needed God to change our situations, to help us, to heal us, to deliver us. But in time, we start understanding that that's, that's not the reason why we come to church. You see, God wants us to come to church with the objective of not being blessed by God, 
but us blessing God. And I don't think in church we talk enough about how important it is for us to bless God. And I want to share with you as we finish this last point about why it's so important to be a good and faithful steward of God's voice. If you go with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 34, we're going to read, and we're going to read a few other Psalms. And as you look for this verse, I want to just tell you that the word bless in the original Greek is a word called makarios. And guess what it means? So simple. It means to make happy. When we come to church with an attitude that we want to bless God, what that really means is that we want to make God happy. Isn't it incredible that the creator of the universe, him looking at us from where he is in his throne, we're not more than a speck, yet your worship, and when you come with the right attitude, can bless God so much and make him happy, our heavenly father. You know, there's certain things that my son does that just melt my heart. And I think I've shared some, some of them with you guys. And lately, he's been a little parrot. He repeats everything. Carly and I have to watch ourselves what we say because he repeats everything. Not that we say bad things. I mean, we just talk about bad about a few of you guys, but not all of you guys. No, I'm kidding. But he repeats everything. And I love it because when we go to bed, and I've told you guys before, when we go to bed, we pray together and the light is off. I can barely see him. It's dark. And I'm right here. I have my face right next to him, and I, and I tell him, I love you, Bobby. And then he tells me the same thing, but with this sweet, small voice that it just melts me. And I have to be honest with you, I make him say it like five times because I love hearing it. <laughs> he goes, I love you, Bobby. And it just melts my heart. It makes me so happy. And I just think about, you know, when we come to church with the right motivation, you could have been at the beach today. You could have been somewhere else. You probably had friends calling you over. Memorial weekend. You know, we could have done all this. We could have, and, and you took time to come to the house of God. And you don't do it just one Sunday. You do it Sunday because you honor God. Man, and you come on time. You don't come 6, 10, 6, 50. You come 5, 55 because you want to give God your best. Man, you are blessing God. When you take time every day before you start your day just to get on your knees or if you want to do it walking around that's fine i know people that love to talk to god in the toilet wherever whatever makes you happy but talk to god and start your day off with god and just go with him let him be your first priority man that just that just moves the heart of the father and it says it says in psalms 34 1 i will bless the lord at all times everybody say that say i will bless the lord at all times in the good, in the bad, when I feel like doing it, even when I don't feel like doing it, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord. I will make the Lord happy continually. Psalms 103.2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Psalms 134, verse 1 and 2, and this is just three verses out of so many you can look them up later on in your house. Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. You guys want to know what's the ultimate reason for being careful stewards of God's voice? It's to bless Him. 
when you're a careful steward, every time God speaks to you through his word, through a circumstance, when he's speaking to you through that still small voice, when he's speaking to you through an impression in your heart or through, through whatever circumstance, man, it blesses God. When you're careful about his voice and you honor his voice and you're not so quick to stand up and leave, man, that blesses God's heart. And let me tell you something, when God feels blessed by you, he starts opening doors that you can't open. Man, when Luca starts telling me those things, I'm like, Luca, you want a lollipop? You, what do you want? I know your mom doesn't like you eating lollipops, but what do you want? It's like anything he wants, I'll give it to him because he has my heart. And if I'm an imperfect person and I'm able to do that for my son, how much more do you think that God is not going to be able to give you breakthroughs and tell you, look, this is what you need to do and bring direction to your life? Everybody say, I have to be careful to respond to the voice of God. 1 Samuel 3, in just one chapter, you guys want to take a little bit more time tonight or maybe tomorrow to read your Bible. Read this whole chapter. 1 Samuel chapter 3, we see a young man. I think he was a kid. Don't remember how old he is, but he was, I think he was like a teenager or maybe even less, maybe even younger. And God called him. He spoke to him. And in this chapter, we see three things happen with God's voice. We see Samuel hearing God's voice calling him. He said, God called him Samuel, Samuel. He got up out of bed and said, what, what the heck is this? The second thing that we see is that he recognized God's voice. He didn't at first but then through training and through talking to the priest, he told him, look, if this happens again, just tell God, here I am. It's God calling me. And you know what? God came and spoke to him and called him again and said, Samuel, Samuel. And this time he woke up and he said, here I am. It's so amazing that God will find people here in JTP Church and in South Florida that when God will call your name, you would say, here I am. God, whatever you need. Without a whole list of restrictions, right? And the third thing that we see from Samuel, not only did he hear God's voice calling him, not only did he recognize God's voice by saying, here I am, he responded to God's voice, which, was, which is what we're talking about tonight. He said, speak for your servant is hearing. And I think that's one of the things that God is looking as we're growing in the series, because that's what God wants us to do. He wants to take us higher. Every Sunday that we come, he wants to take us to a new level. Right? And we talked about how God speaks. We established that. We established about recognizing God's voice and how God speaks in different circumstances. And now today we're, we're talking about responding. God is looking for people that would say, God, speak to me that your servant is listening. Is there anybody here that is ready to respond to God's voice and say, God, I give you permission to take over my life, everything you want to do. I have my own plans, but if you want to mess up my plans to make your plans evident in my life, go right ahead. I know that your plans are better than mine. Is there anybody that feels that way? And I want to close up today before doing a calling. I want to share with you about a pastor because, yeah, sometimes we pastors can get caught up in serving God and sometimes not listen to God's voice. And this is a, a very famous pastor. His name is Jim Cimbala. And on an Easter Sunday, he, he wrote this about an experience he had and I want to share it with you. Jim Cimbala preaches at a church in the slums of New York. And he tells the following story. It was Easter Sunday, and I was so tired at the end of the day that I just went to the edge of the platform 
I pulled down my tie and I sat down and draped my feet over the edge. It was a wonderful service with many people coming forward. The counselors were already talking with these people. As I was sitting there, I looked up in the middle aisle and there in about the third row was a man who looked about 50, disheveled and filthy. He looked up at me rather sheepishly and said, could I talk to you? We have homeless people coming in all the time asking for money or whatever. So as I sat there, I said to myself, though I'm ashamed of it, what a way to end the Sunday. I've had such a good time preaching and ministering and here's a fellow probably wanting some money for more wine. He walked up when he got within about five feet from me. I smelled a horrible smell like I'd never smelled in my life. It was so awful that when he got close, I would inhale by looking away and then I'd talk to him and then I'd look away to inhale again because I couldn't inhale facing him. And I asked him, what's your name? David. How long have you been on the street? Six years. How old are you? 32. He looked 50. Hair matted, front teeth missing, wino, eyes slightly glazed. Where did you sleep last night, David? An abandoned truck. I keep in my back pocket a money clip that also holds some credit cards, and I fumbled to pick up one, thinking, I'll give him some money. I won't even get a volunteer. They're all busy talking with others. Usually we don't give money to people. We take them to get something to eat. But I took the money out, and David pushed his finger in front of me, and he said, I don't want your money. I want this Jesus, the one you were talking about, because I'm not going to make it. I'm going to die on the street. I completely forgot about David, and I started to weep for myself. I was going to give a couple of dollars to someone God had sent to me. God sometimes speaks to us through the people that he sends to us and he connects us with. See how easy it is? I could make the excuse that I was tired. There is no excuse. I was not seeing him the way God sees him. I was not feeling what God feels, but oh, did that change. David just stood there. He didn't know what was happening. I pleaded with God, God, forgive me, forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm so sorry to represent you this way. I'm so sorry. Here I am with my message and my points and you sent somebody and I'm not ready for this. Oh God. So something came over me. Suddenly I started to weep even deeper and David began to weep and he fell against my chest as I was sitting there. He fell against my white shirt and tie and I put my arms around him and there we wept on each other. The smell of his person became a beautiful aroma. Here's what I thought the Lord made me real or made real to me. If you don't love this smell, I can't use you because this is why I called you where you are. This is what you are about. You are about the smell. Christ changed David's life. He started memorizing portions of scripture that were incredible. We got him in a, we got him a place to live. We hired him in the church to do maintenance and we got his teeth fixed. He was a handsome man when he came out of the hospital. They detoxed him in six days. He spent, he spent Thanksgiving in my house. He also spent Christmas at my house. We were, when we were exchanging presents, he pulled out a little thing and he said, this is for you. It was a little white hanky. It was the only thing he could afford. A year later, David got up and talked about his conversion to Christ. The minute he took the mic and began to speak, I said, this man's a preacher. This past Easter, we ordained David. He is an associate minister of a church over in New Jersey. And I was so close to saying, here, take this. I'm a busy preacher. We can get so full of ourselves. Stand on your feet. I wonder how many Davids God brings to our lives on a daily basis. 
How many people that we don't see them the way God would see them? And because we're not connected to God, we can't see them the way God wants you and I to see them. God is speaking all the time, but the only ones who hear are those who tune into the right frequency through humility and obedience. And I think it'd be great to end this series with a conscious decision to be good stewards of God's word. I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend one more day, not even one second, listening to God's voice and just pretending that it wasn't God or just doing what I want. I think that God's calling us to a closer relationship. And this spans through people that maybe this is the first time in church. And this could also speak to people where you've been in church all your life. Like in the case of this pastor that we just read. Maybe you, you came here for the first time and you didn't even get the first two messages that we, that we talked about. And you're like, what? God speaks? Yes, God still speaks. He just needs somebody to give him time to be able to speak to you in a, in a supernatural way. I want to do a calling here. If there's anybody here that would like to open their heart to God and accept his son, Jesus Christ, who paid the price for your sins and for my sins, and you want to accept that sacrifice, which is the only thing in the world that can wash away your sins, and you want to give God an opportunity to come into your heart, and start a relationship with him and give you eternal life. If that's you, I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes. And if you feel like God is speaking to you right now and that you need to make this decision right now, I just want to pray over you. If that's you, just raise your hand. If you want to give God a chance to come into your heart, maybe you've been too busy trying to do life on your own, in your way, but today you've come into a relationship with God and, and the gospel has been preached. See, the Bible says that every man is a sinner. There's no good person. Every man is a sinner. And that for that reason, God had to send his son Jesus to die in the cross for you and for me. And the only way to have salvation and forgiveness of sin and not pay the penalty of sin, which is death, is through Jesus Christ and letting him into your heart so he can forgive all your sins. He gives us the most precious gift of all, which is eternal.